there's a certain discipline and tenacity I think that that lies in in that. My grandfather uh, was a major. I think in the army, but it was in the Middle East, so it has nothing to do with the United States. And um, something that I learned from him was just the basic principles of discipline, which led to amazing habits, which therefore, uh, you know, built up resilience and what have you. Do you think that being as successful as you are today, that those little tiny, little tiny things that perhaps you learned, um, you know, while while you were enlisted, and I'm, I'm, forgive me, I'm not sure if you were in the army, the navy, the the Marines. Uh-huh. Um, but do you think that those little tiny disciplines had created these habits that led to your success because you're an incredibly successful person in a myriad of different um, aspects of life, uh, both professionally and personally from what I've been able to gather? So that being said, um, did that have a hand in it at all? Or is these some things that these are the things that you learned later on in life? Yeah, I mean, I, I I definitely think it had a hand in it. You're kind of reminding me of a statistic I, I read about earlier this year. Do you know what 75% of all Fortune 500 executives, you know, C-suite and up, all have in common? There's two things that they have in common. I don't, so I'm going to let you tell me. <laughs> right? So either they were military or they were martial arts based or they were both. That's right. fascinating. And so, yeah, I mean, to answer your question, I mean, yeah, boot camp itself kind of resets the clock for a lot of us. You know, a lot of people go in there undisciplined, yeah. immature, don't know what they're doing with life. A lot of people go in the military because it's a fallback strategy, right? They got nothing better to do. Um, some folks go in with the anticipation they're going to, you know, they're going to become admirals one day or, you know, generals in the, in the, in the military. So, you know, I think that um, it all gets instilled with you day one. I mean, they break you down. You know, they, they, they create discipline through routines and rituals that you do every single day. You know, you eat, eat the same way, you sleep the same way, you have the same time clock, you do, everything's regimented. And, you know, boot camps go anywhere between nine and let's say, I think 14 or 16 weeks on the, on the high side. And so you do something like that ritually for nine weeks, 10 weeks, 12 weeks. Yeah. You're going to come out on the other side with more discipline, I think. Yeah, Definitely. And that's all it takes was about 12, 15 weeks. I think it took that to reset the clock for most people. And then how you how you carry out of boot camp with those, you know, again, routines and rituals, as long as they become routine and then you stick with that um, for the next couple of years, yeah, it becomes really, really ingrained and really instilled. I'm not saying everyone does that. You know, I'm not saying they yeah, yeah. have boot camp and, you know, uh, mess around for, for uh, you know, the next four or five years. But uh, you know, for me, I think that was really what, what set the, the tone for me and, and my career and kind of where I wanted to go. And from there, it was just, you know, how 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 much can I accomplish in the short time I'm in? I, I love that. And I think it's that frame of mind that I don't want to say separates, you know, the, the successful from the unsuccessful, because I think that success in any regard, depending on what your definition of success is, a lot of times always has some form of monetary means because of the foundational principles of what we live in society, right? So societal standards set that the more monetary means that you possess, the more options that you may have. And those options are what allow you and enable us to be able to create different things, right? And I always look at, okay, the more money that you can possibly have, the more that you can create. And if you're in, and, and if you're a true entrepreneur, I think you're a creator, I think an entrepreneur is is there to solve a problem or make something easier or to create something that can do one or a combination of all of those things that I, I mentioned. 
Um, I don't know. Do you agree, disagree? What are your thoughts on that? This is a fun discussion too. I had this discussion last week. I, I have quite a few friends who have exited companies or have just made a ton of money doing what they do. And I firmly believe money is a tool. You know, we hear this mm -hmm. all the time and it's just going to exacerbate the type of person that you are already. But yeah. I don't think, Mo, that most successful people, believe it or not, are chasing money. They're chasing oh. the win, right? They're chasing the next level, whatever that is for them. Like I think success gets thrown around a lot as uh, my net worth is my success. I mean, that could be one marker of it, but how great of a dad are you? How good of a husband are you? How great of a mm -hmm. wife or a cousin or, you know, uh, a best friend? And, you know, are you there for the people that are close to you? And, you know, are you getting better at that every week? You know, I, you know, again, money's one tool. You can do a lot of things with it. You can help a lot of people. You can make a lot of progress. And of course you can build and leverage and create companies off of the backs of money. But the reality of it is if you're not the person that deserves that money to begin with, you're, it's going to be a, a short lived thing. You know, I heard uh, Damon John said this last week. I, I He came to like the local smoothie shop near us. And he said, you realize that 95% of people who are given money, whether it's through a trust or, um, you know, a, a, a lottery or something like that, they're broke within three years. Uh, yeah. You know, it, and so what you do with the knowledge and how you are disciplined with the money is really going to create whether or not how much opportunity you can make with it, right? Absolutely. And, and I, I agree with you. And I've seen, I've seen money transform people for the better and I've seen them transform them for the, for the worst. I've just found that, um, you know, the moment that I started making, let's call it real money, uh -huh. the more I realized what was important to me, what wasn't important to me. Yeah. And I found that with ultra successful people, yeah. like one of my best friends is what, you know, he's, you know, nine figure earner. And he is like the most he's like the simplest man like he you know the things that he buys yeah. are just like cans of paint and canvas and like stuff to build and it's just it's just so it's so interesting to see where our our um mindset aligns with when you really just understand the principles of like what money can do and he does it to help benefit himself his family his his community and i've seen that across the board you know but is it at the same time does that mean that you can't abide or excuse me you can't enjoy luxuries like everybody has their thing that they enjoy i like watches yeah. you know some people like cars some people like clothes like there's nothing wrong and I, and i hate demonizing like i hate when i see like oh they're too flashy really ultra successful people don't invest or don't buy um things that you know don't bring back something for them whatever the case may be right there's a return on investment yeah um but i'm like then what's the point of living? Like if you're working your butt off and these are things you enjoy and you're not doing it for the sake of impressing anyone other than just this, the sheer enjoyment of the thing that you purchased, then there's nothing wrong with that. Stop demonizing people for that. That's just silly. Yeah. You know? You know, I think, I think the biggest challenge is the one size fits all mentality, right? Like if it's good for yeah. me, it must be good for you. You know, in, in the coaching game, I have this conversation with like, what can you do for me? I don't know what I can do for you. I have to start to get deep into your really your limiting beliefs, the obstacles that hold you back, the values that you operate off of, what is your routines and rituals? Like, I don't know that I can change somebody on day one when I'm having a conversation with them until I really get to understand them better. And you know what? What's good for you, Mo, might not be good for the next guy that calls me or the woman I talked to on Thursday. Right. Like, you know, success again is that is that like loose definition of what, what makes us feel successful and, you know, what are we willing to sacrifice to get to that level? Mm-hmm. And uh, do you feel like after you've gained success in business, not to say that you're not in business no. anymore, yeah. um, but what I'm trying to lead into is this um, 
mindset of wanting to help other people and you're coaching. Uh-huh. Do you, is that part of like the, is that part of like your growth and the mindset and the things that you've developed over the course of your years um, to help, you know, other people in, in that regard? And what, and if that's the case, then like, what are the fundamentals that you, that you coach on that perhaps people that are listening right now can at least get a taste of to maybe want to listen a little bit more, learn more about you yeah. um, and so on. Yeah. I think the coaching piece really, I mean, I was coaching when I was broke, you know, I really learned to yeah. coach. I love you know, that. You know, like, like I, I, I had to learn to coach to be what I consider a decent leader and, and I'm still yes. working on it. I'm trying to get better every day at being a good leader. But, you know, back when I was broke and I had to get, you know, 15, 20 people in my battalion to, to basically you know, follow me or do what I asked them to do. Yeah. You know, and, and I, and I coach selfishly because it makes me a better leader. You know, of course it's great yep. money. Uh, yep. Yeah. I love help. I really truly help love helping people solve problems. Like when they get through an end of a coaching call and they're like, oh man, that's amazing. Never thought about that. And then it works. It's like, okay, that's a high obviously. Um, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, I'm, I'm helping other people solve problems. It's helping me solve my own problems. You know, we're in business. I'm doing this every day. I'm not just a, you know, coach all the time. I'm a coach to, to a few, um, handful of, of business owners. And then I have to coach my whole team. You know, I have to be a CEO to um, a real estate development company. And I have to coach all those people through all their dramas and tribulations and challenges. And, you know, we are constantly evolving as a business. So I, we have this thing that you have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And that's because I want you leveling up constantly. But how can I ask anybody to do that if I'm not doing that? Right. So it's disingenuous yep. for me to say, oh, you need to get better and better and better if I'm not doing that myself. So I think it's this whole holistic thing about coaching that is beneficial to all parties involved. And I'm a true believer in it. You know, I've been investing in it for over a decade now, paying for my own coaches and mentors. And, you know, you're right. You got to find the right people. And the right mm-hmm. people are the ones that either have decades of coaching experience. Like one of my coaches is a full-time coach, but he's got 75, 80, you know, one-on-one clients. I mean, he's he's been doing it for 15 years. Uh, or you got skin in the game and you're in business and you're doing it and you're in the you know, and he, and he was, you know, great at business long before he became a coach. So, you know, if you don't have a little bit of that, um, you know, walking through the fire trials and tribulations type of thing, it's really hard to give anybody advice on how to do it yourself. It is. And it's unfortunate because in, in this world, I mean, how, how many, I'm sure you've experienced this, but how many people, let's call it the online marketing space, because that is such a general term nowadays, because there's so many different uh, uh, variances of that, but like that teach you how to make money when they've never made money before or teach you how to set up a company when they've never really set up a company before. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, it's the biggest lie. It's all over. And and it's all over. And, and, you know, whether that be on social media or internet or courses or masterminds, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think, I think because there's a copious amount of information, it, it makes things a little bit more challenging. Um, but that's where, and this is my own personal belief, that's where I think podcasting has really come to kind of set the standard because it enables, it allows this dialogue in the long form that gets people the opportunity to learn from people like yourself, yep. to dive a little bit deeper and then truly make um, a, a decision based off of fact and, and perception versus just perception and idealism, in my in my opinion. So... Um, I, I appreciate people like you who, who actually have done the thing that they're teaching yeah. about, you know? Yeah. So, 
Yeah. That's that's awesome. Yeah, and I, and I think that, you know, just to go along that and not to be negative, but I think that's one of the biggest challenges is so many folks that are just concentrating on selling the product without knowing what the product is, you know, yeah. like really trying to understand what the what the prospect needs and not just blanket market to folks. I mean, we can go down that road forever. I think the challenge, like you said, is is, is knowing what you're doing first and foremost and then having some value to bring to the table. Um, and trying to keep your ego out of it. I think that's one of the toughest parts, right? Is, is thinking that you know the answer without really getting deep into the questions. Yeah, for sure. How do you, um, do you have any children? I do. I have two. I have a 10 and a 13-year-old little girl. Two. Oh, 10 and 13. Beautiful, man. Yeah. How about girls you? Uh, Girls will change your life. Oh, I tell it to everybody. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, let me ask you this. Uh, how, there's this whole there's this concept of like work-life balance, which I'm not a big fan of. I think it's, I think it's uh, misleading. Yeah. I would love your take on it. How do you, um, how are you able to do everything that you're doing professionally all the while being a present father and husband? Yeah. You, uh, you had brought up um, earlier, like what are the coaching tactics that I teach, right? No, not one. Yeah. I, I call it the five roads to victory. There's five things that we have to master as, as, business owners, you know, quote unquote, successful entrepreneurs, whatever you want to call them. One of those things that you're getting at is uh, what we call controlling the clock, controlling the clock, right? And it really breaks down to this. There's there's only what we call the rule of 168, Mo, right? Like every one of us on earth has the rule of 168. Well, I don't care if you're Oprah or Elon Musk or plug in your favorite entrepreneur that you look up to, Ed Milet. Ed talks about this all the time, right? But we all have mm -hmm. 168 hours in a week. And so we have to learn to control the clock. Time is way, way more valuable than money. It takes a long time for most entrepreneurs to figure that out because what are we doing? We're chasing money. What we should be doing is chasing time and getting better at utilizing it because they're, they're, then the money comes, right? So we focus on, in, 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 my, uh, in my little ecosystem, we focus on two things, high gain activities and high income activities. And they're really one for one. So you know if you're going to spend an hour you know, writing a sales message or having sales calls or, you know, making offers on projects or whatever it is that you do that's a high income activity, make sure you have a high gain activity next to that. Could be a date with your wife, could be taking your kids to a soccer game. You know, my Mondays, I generally start out pretty slow in the week to get myself organized. I spent the majority of my day today with my 10-year-old daughter. I mean, she had a half day. I, I dropped her off to school. I picked her up from school. I took her to lunch. I hung out on the couch and like, you know, just, you know, messed around with her for a couple hours after lunch. And like, that was my day. But that's, I consider that a very productive day because how many times am I going to be able to spend half a day with my 10 year old just hanging around, talking, asking her what's going on? She's excited for Christmas, all that kind of good stuff. So, you know, to me, that's just as important as being in a boardroom and making high level decisions. The, the important part is that we map those things out, that they get scheduled because what gets scheduled gets done. So, again, I don't care if it's a book report or, a, you know, offers on property or time with your wife. You got to get it on the calendar. And so a lot of people think that like time freedom is the ability to just drop what you're doing and go to and hang out on the beach for four days and drink margaritas. And you always joke about it because true high level performers couldn't sit still for four days on a beach drinking Mai Tais, right? Like we have to find right. what to do. But that doesn't mean that I'm not going to go to Mexico next month for five days have all the fun I want to have, bring my family, bring my kids, but also host an event there for other you know, entrepreneurs where we can, we can not only work, but we can play. So I think there's got to be a balance where you're doing both, but you got to make sure that you're taking care of your relationships and you're taking care of your finances along the way. I absolutely love that. Um, couldn't agree with you more, which um, 
kind of leads me to my next question, but I do want to just touch on a couple of things that you mentioned, which was having the availability and knowing that um, you, you don't always get to have the opportunity to spend a half a day with your daughter. Yeah. And I think it, d- being mindful of something like that, and I understand people are listening right now, well, hey, I, I work for somebody, I have a nine to five, mm-hmm. what have you. Understandably so. Yeah. And you know, we all empathize and we understand. But I think the concept is, which again is going to lead me to my question, uh-huh. being present yeah. versus just being around yeah. are two very different things. And I'd love to hear your insight on that. It's something that I have discussed quite a bit. It's one of my things um, that I personally experienced. Um, I have found that 10 to 15 minutes of truly being present with my child, mm-hmm. with my daughter, yep. uh, daughters, rather than a half a day just being around on my phone, responding to emails, getting, taking calls, you know, making dinner or whatever, um, are two entirely different things. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I, uh, you're spot on. A um, couple tools and tricks that we use for that uh, is, number one, make sure you have actual you know, guidelines, you know, what are the guidelines by which you, you know, you, you, um, you operate, you know, for some folks I have, they like my business partner, for example, I can't text him at six 30 at night. Like his phone's off. He goes home and turns his phone off, sits down for dinner, puts it back on in the morning, literally can't get a hold of him. You know, my wife and I have an agreement. We don't talk about business after 7 PM. You know, she, she helps me run some real estate properties and things like that. And it's like, I don't want to hear about a tenant's problems at 745. Cause I guess what? I won't sleep. I'll think about it all night long. I can't solve it right now. You know? So, so, so are these non-negotiables? These are just non-negotiables. Like if somebody says, she says, Oh, I forgot to tell you, I'll be able to write it down and tell me in the morning. But, wow. You know, we just don't, we just don't discuss it. We just, we just don't. Right. And, but there's also some other non-negotiables. Like we do two, two date nights a month, two date nights where the phone does not come out. We go somewhere. I don't care if it's for pizza or for a steak or something fancy or something simple, but we spend two nights a month with each other. And primarily it's me asking her questions about what's going on in her life and her giving me, you know, the, 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 the rundown of, you know, what's, what's happening. Um, you know, with our kids, it's the same thing. It's funny you mentioned the 15 minutes, Mel, because I used to have this, um, this thing that we would do. Our kids are a little bit too old for it now, but we used to call it, call it Fab Five. And each night, I did this for until they were probably eight, nine years old. Uh, I would spend five timed minutes. I know it sounds crazy to be timed, but you get to focus it. And they run the play. You know, so you hit the timer and it's like, we got Fab Five. We'll do whatever you want. You run the play. And the girls would pull out their dolls and they would be like, you be this thing and I'll be that thing. And we sit there and play. And of course, it would run over sometimes. But having those five focused minutes was more impactful than three hours of them on their iPad while I'm making dinner and they're not paying mm-hmm. attention and they're zoned out. It's one-on-one for five minutes. And I think people, you know, my coach says this, he says, people that say they don't have time either have a values or a um, uh, um, a conflict, right? Like, like basically it's, it's, it's them deciding that they don't have the time. When we decide that we have the time, we make the time. Like what is five minutes? Most people probably watch five minutes of reels every hour. You know, but you oh, spend yeah. five minutes or ten minutes with your daughter. So it's a matter of whether or not you you are you are keeping that time as important, or you claim that it's not important because we all have the same amount of time. Like, why? How does Elon Musk run seven different multi-billion-dollar companies? He controls his time. Now, a lot of people could argue they don't want to be him. He works too much. The, you know, he doesn't even know his kids. He doesn't see whatever. I don't know. You know, but at the end of the day, there's a trade-off. You know, and I think you if you're if you're focused on the important stuff, you'll get more out of life. Yeah, I agree. And I actually love that, uh, that reference because that's the one thing that people always throw in. Well, I don't want to work that much. 
but the point <laughs> exactly. of it is is that you l focus on the fact that he's able to leverage okay. and deploy the things of importance to him yeah and whatever that is so you can do the same thing like if he can run like you said seven multi-billion dollar companies yeah he's in control of his time well you can control your time to spend five minutes 10 minutes 15 minutes yeah a day you know uh, so I, I love that. I absolutely love that. Um, and that's such a great way of, of representing um, that, that, that mindset. Cause I really think it's a mindset. I don't think oh. it's something that you just automatically like, Oh, I'm going to do this. Like, no, you're going to, you're going to have to kind of get in the practice of things and, yep. and understand that perspective. Um, I have one last question before we kind of dive into switch gears. Yep. What, what um, in your opinion, if someone's trying to, if someone is in a pit right now, Henry, what would you tell them? A pit, as in like depression, like they don't know. Not necessarily depression. Uh, more of like, like I don't know what to do right now. Like I'm stuck, and I need to get out of this thing, and I need to climb back up. Yeah. So it starts with this, and I was I have this term that we we always say simple is not easy. Right, Mel, like simple is not easy. Like a lot of times this the simple answer, look, it's very simple to lose weight. You either have to yeah. burn more calories or ingest less calories, you're going to lose more weight, right? That's that's a simple problem. Is it easy? Hell no. Most of us struggle with our weight our entire adult lives. Right. Yeah. So the reality of it is when when we're talking about someone who's stuck, it's it's a question of whether or not that they're being honest with themselves. Um, and so what I'd like to ask my clients a lot of times, as simple as it sounds, is what do you want? What do you want? And be honest with the answer. Because so many, folk, so many folks can't answer that question. You know, they're stuck on what they want. I'm not sure what I want. That's bullshit. You know what you want. You're afraid to say it. You know, because what you want might involve, you know, relationships being broken up or new relationships being created or some uncomfortable change to happen or, or a difficult phone call. Right. So a lot of times we avoid what we want because we're afraid of the consequences of doing the thing that we need to do to get it done. And so the very simple question is, what do you really want? And most people will put these limiting beliefs in front of them and they'll say, well, I'm not smart enough. I'm not fast enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not educated enough. I don't have the financial backing. I don't have the wherewithal. I don't have the means. And these are all limiting beliefs. So mm -hmm. what's keeping people stuck is their ability to overcome the limiting belief and believe that they can have what they want. Do you do you think that uh, do you think it's just paralysis of fear that causes this limiting belief, or is it the limiting belief that gives a paralysis? Yeah, I mean it, it's a combination of, of both, of both, right? But it, it starts with limiting belief, right? I have to yeah. believe it, then I can overcome the fear, because fear only comes in three modalities. Fear says success is for other people, right? Mm -hmm. If I try, I could fail. Or if I try, I might get embarrassed. Those are really, when you boil it down, the only three ways that fear comes into your life. So mm -hmm. that limiting belief is, I might be more comfortable here. Let's just be stuck here. Because if I tried, one of those three things could happen. And I'm afraid of the outcome of that happening. And that's even if the outcome, even if the outcome is exactly what you want. Exactly. Exactly. That's, oh my God. Yeah, exactly. You know, so it's these beliefs that are keeping us structured. Um, Tony Robbins has a great quote. He says, the strongest force in the human personality is the need to be consistent with how we define ourselves. 
Like in other words, we get stuck in our role, in our story, in our identity, and we don't believe that we can be another role. We don't believe that we could go from single family development to self-storage development. We don't believe we can go from uneducated to a master's degree. We don't believe we can go from, you know, whatever baseline boot camp to a general. We don't believe we can do it. So therefore it doesn't happen. So again, we have to read, we have to be willing to redefine what we believe in order to get a different outcome. I really hope whoever is listening right now, which are a lot of you, um, didn't let that last thing that uh, Joe just said go over your head because that is so powerful, man. That is so powerful. Um, I appreciate you sharing that with everyone and with and with me because like I, I'm learning as as everybody else is learning. So yeah. it's the one thing like I've always said, like man, if I just could get a grasp of this, mm-hmm. I'd be unstoppable in my in the things that I want to pursue. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. All so, of us would be. I mean, the truth is yeah. we would all be billionaires if we didn't have limiting mindset and limiting beliefs. Uh, oh, it's yeah. just the truth. Oh, yeah. Cool, man. Well, um, I think a lot of people would benefit. I just, I'm not sure if you work with, uh, you know, just individuals or do you work with career executives, entrepreneurs, business owners? Um, like, who do you work with and how can they, um, how can they work with you? Yeah, I mean, it's a majority of uh, a very small handful of one-on-one clients I work with on the coaching side. I mean, folks who want to get involved in like uh, uh, real estate development, commercial real estate, things like that. We have mastermind groups for that as well. Wonderful. Um, but uh, yeah, they can they can find us on uh, LegacyBuilder.coach. Um, I think JoeEvangelisty.com still fo- still forwards to LegacyBuilder.coach. Um, you know, really, it's I, I tell people it's it's not like uh, you know we meet tomorrow and we start working together. I really like to put people in my atmosphere, my tribe. I'm going to put you in you know, some group that might help you or help you direct you to the right place that's a good fit for you. Um, if it's one-on-one coaching, that's great, but it's not always that, that you know, that one-to-one. Usually it's, it's I help you work something through and then you figure out if you need us later later on. And so, and I'm, and I'm sure that with any program that people get involved with, there's definitely a personal development component to that. Every piece of it. You know, that's the thing. You know, people think that they, again, I said at the beginning, you want more money. It's a lot of times we have to become the people who are worthy of that money. You know, mm-hmm. money money comes and goes and, and it's it's really um, it's really attracted to those who control it, you know, the best. So when you become a great leader, all of a sudden money starts to follow. Yeah, it's that it's that desired outcome. Uh-huh. It's like you're, versus just chasing your tail over Absolutely. and over again. Absolutely. Man, this has been phenomenal, Joe. I, I've learned so much. Um, I'd love to, to stay in touch. I will tag you in all of these clips that we will be producing as well as the long-form content. Is there anything specific that um, you would love to share with, with, with the audience and just to give you con- uh, some, some uh, uh, insight? 24, 25 to about 36 years old, predominantly male, a little yeah. over 68%. Yeah, and you know, my old mentor used to say the art is in the start. You know, I know it sounds, this sounds silly. Again, simple ain't easy. You know, you just put one foot in front of the other. Don't wake up. I can't tell you, Mo, how many clients I have. They're in their 50s and they come to me because they're like, Joe, the last 30 years went by in a, in a snap and I don't feel like I accomplished anything. Or I don't feel like I accomplished what I could have accomplished had I taken the action, the necessary action earlier on. So that's not to say if you're in your 40s and 50s that you don't have room left to, to make it happen because... A lot of people have, have come up with crazy success in less than five or 10 years. But the reality of it is if you're in your demographic, 26, 36, just take action, man. Don't live your life and wake up old and, and broke and wonder why you didn't, you know, take that chance because, you know, time is the most valuable asset we have. 
I appreciate that, man. Thank you so much. That's, I mean, that's inspiring. And I always look at inspiration as like the, the, uh, the, what do you call it? The, um, the igniter, but uh-huh. then you've got to continue with, with, you know, habits and discipline in order to, to keep going. Otherwise it's like, you could be motivated all you want, but it's like an emotion. It's fleeting. So, yep. you know, absolutely. I, I, I so appreciate that. Absolutely. Sweet, man. Well, this was awesome. 